welcome to the Game Raven Review Podcast. My name is Henry J, and I'm joined by some of our talented writers again. On our 10th episode, we made it all the way to 10 episodes to discuss the world of indie games. I'm super stoked. You heard Taz. Taz, how are you? Man, this is going to be... I'm so excited for this, 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 this podcast, man. So excited. And we have Puppet as well. I am also extremely excited for this podcast. Uh, a week ago... I wasn't really sure. I was like, eh, I don't really have to be a part of this. But now I'm here and I, I'm I'm ready. I'm so I'm so excited. I'm so excited. We are all uh deep, deep into the world of Valheim. We've we've already streamed it together, the three of us. Uh now we're gonna talk about it in depth. It's the one game that's on everybody's hard drive right now. Four million downloads as of this podcast, I'm sure. By the time it comes out, it's going to be five million downloads. We're going to talk about Valheim, and of course, we're going to talk about what we are playing this week as well, so stick around. one of our main segments on the podcast what we are playing whether it's indie or not we play a ton of games uh we're all playing valheim that's what i'm seeing on the uh (laughs) on our outline it's it's just valheim uh is any puppy you're playing uh omori you're still going through that how how was that experience for you yeah i'm still playing through omari uh it's adorable it's freaking adorable um it's not as scary right now the part that i'm in but um it's it's really good i'm also playing hollow knight still i have a love-hate relationship right now with hollow knight so we'll see um but i also wanted to mention you know me i'm always playing like a bunch of different games even if i'm completely immersed in valheim right now i am keeping my eyes and ears open but I ran across this game called Cattails today, uh, and I I'm kind of like super intrigued by it. It's like it's like Stardew with cats, which is great, and you can like hunt and farm and stuff. So it was on sale, and I was like, yeah. So I haven't quite played it, but it's I mean, by the time this pod- podcast comes out, I will have played it. It's called Cattails, and it looks adorable. So I'm looking at it now. It's very cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you can like pick your cat, like the type of cat. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know yet. I haven't, I haven't dived in, but yeah, it looks like it's multiplayer too. You can have like multiple different people in there. So there you go. Oh, it says here you can track down creatures for a satisfying snack and pounce to secure your kill, which is all in bold. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice, awesome. Uh Taz, what are you playing? Uh so I'm playing this new game called Valheim. Yeah. Um and then <laughs> yeah. And then I had just finished on my Spooky Saturday stream Little Nightmares 2 and that game kind of broke broke me a little bit. I can't that game the ending of that one, whew. Oh boy, no spoilers, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm just saying like it it's not something I expected for sure. Even after experiencing the first one, it, it took me for a ride. We kind of were just talking about the in-depths of like life and structures and all that baloney of, you know, the, the, the difference between good and evil and whatnot. Oh man, it was a wild ride, but I, I loved it. It was fantastic. Awesome. Uh, I'm playing Valheim. That's it. 
Sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing. I feel like we're kind of in a in a little bit of a dry spell right now, maybe. Or maybe I just need to dig through my back catalog a little bit, find some indie gems. But that is that is it. That's all that my life is, and that's all that my streams are. And I just you know think about riding on my boat and uh, being being a guy, chopping down trees, being getting killed guy. by trees. We'll talk more about Valheim. <laughs> after this in our main segment so stick around all right here we are the main segment of the game raven review podcast today we're going to talk about the indie game that is on everybody's hard drive right now if it's not on your hard drive you should really put it there i think it's Valheim. We're opening up the doors to Valhalla or whatever you have to do. And we're going to chop down trees and build a little house and talk about Valheim today. So I think before we get into Valheim, it, the game itself, I think that we should kind of talk about where it's come from, who has developed this, and who is publishing it. Because it's kind of interesting, I must say. Uh, it is uh, Iron Gate Studio is the developer and this game Valheim was made by only five people which is insane to me that this game is made by five people five yeah only that's five? it yeah only five yeah and it, yeah it's um it's quite incredible I before we started recording the podcast I um read a little devlog from um Richard Svensson who posted this like on January 1st and he's like just a totally regular guy. He's like talking about how he's like, I'm sorry, I have a bit of a hangover, but just wanted to catch you up. Like, you know, we have offices now, you know, we're not in our little, little houses anymore. And he just had like a kid, apparently a cute little adorable son. And like, he's a new dad and he's just like with his friends who are in the gaming industry and, um, they're just making this game totally regular people they had no idea no idea what was in front of them just a few months ago no not even a few months like one month ago no it was a year ago that post was on 2020 that was january 1st 2020 oh, right okay so a year ago yeah 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 so they had no idea yeah it was very interesting hearing you read that because it was yeah made by five people and they had no clue what was about to happen to them. I don't even know how this game exploded. I didn't really look into that too much. Maybe we'll save that for another podcast once kind of the stories and the data comes out. I'm sure it's uh has something to do with Twitch, but all of a sudden I found a, a there was a tweet by a game journalist that I follow and she was like, "Uh this game is over a million downloads. What is this?" And I think that was the first time I talked about it on the podcast when we were kind of running down the Steam charts. And it's crazy, crazy that now th four weeks later, four million downloads, a million downloads a week. It's nuts. So Iron Gate Studio, Richard Svensson and Heinrich Tornquist are the uh, the two people who are kind of heading, heading up Iron Gate Studio. And then Coffee Stain Studio is the publisher. And they, you may know them, from Deep Rock Galactic and of course the amazing game Goat Simulator that came out in 2014. Have either of you played Goat Simulator? Uh, a little bit, yeah. 
It's kind of ridiculous. It's a fun time. Kind of ridiculous. It's so great. I have not played it myself, but I've seen people wa- like I've watched people play it, and it's hilarious. It's very, great. Yeah, it's a very funny game. Uh, Coffee Stain Studio was was snatched up by THQ Nordic AB. Are they still THQ still around? I guess maybe, not as like maybe not as prominent as they used to be, but doing a little something, something I guess. And they're completely independent from THQ or whatever THQ has become now. And they employ 25 people. So this is a very small operation for both publisher and developer. So it's kind of kind of cool to see the humble beginnings and uh, just how insane this game has grown. It's obviously enveloped all, all of our lives. Uh, we're going to start doing a Heimcast, Valheimcast, Valheim time. Uh, I, I haven't told you this puppet yet, but it's just going to be me talking about what I did in Valheim every week, just solo. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> I'm just gonna write it all out and narrate it in a, in a really funny voice. It'll be a good time. I look forward to it. <laughs> so let's talk about our experiences with the game. I kind of, I've, I've played games like this before. I played Rust. Uh, I played the game where you're in a plane crash and like crazy alien mutated people come out was was that the forest played that one Mm -hmm. Uh, so i have a little bit of like an idea of of how these survivally type of games go and i and i was never really drawn to them until this one which is kind of strange to me but i'm wondering about uh the two of you your experiences with maybe the survival genre is this your first time kind of wading into the waters of of the genre at all so for me, uh, no way. <laughs> I love I love survival horror. I do a lot. I like do a lot of that kind of stuff. So um, I I was like so into it when I first started. So yes, um, and I was just like, okay, I have a lot of hours in Breath of the Wild. Like it's probably the game that I have the most hours in, and I think I have a little over four hundred hours in that game. And so when I first started Valheim, it felt like Breath of the Wild. It was like, okay, here you are, you're dropped into this world and you're naked (laughs) and you have to find everything and you have to figure out like, you know, you know what you need and how you need it and stuff. So um, it did take me forever to get enough branches to um, make an axe. But um, aside from that, I just felt like, uh, you know, a fish in water. I was I was very familiar with it. Um, Taz, I think I think you're pretty familiar with the genre too, yeah. Yeah, in my ga- years of gaming experience, in terms of just, I've always liked games that was pretty like I, you know, I'm a very heavy like open world like gamer, single player open world type stuff. Um, and I there's always that like you know, like. Uh, you know, we were talking about the forest or rust or seven days to die. These kind of like early access, like partially, you know, developed survival games that, you know, push you to your, to, you to the limits of um, like hunger. They sometimes there's a thirst factor. There's a lot of different elements of like, OK, how does a human what does a human need to survive? OK, all of these things. Let's make all these things like mechanics. But I think what makes Valheim separate from all of those games is the amount of satisfaction you get from every little thing that you do. Um, 
And so far, you know, people have overclocked in over 100 hours of this game. Peppa, you played this game 12 hours the other day, like the entire yeah, day you played it. I um, did. <laughs> yeah, straight up. Like, it's just, uh, it, there's so much satisfaction because, especially with all of the different skills, too, if we want to get and dive into that, the skill system makes it that much more satisfying because all the other games don't really have something like that. It's kind of just like, Oh, your reward is you didn't die. That's great and all for like super duper hardcore players, I guess, for way like more masochist in that way in terms of gaming. But this one, it's like I I spent the first my very first two minutes punching a tree, mostly because I thought it was Minecraft and that's how you got wood at first. But also because it's like, oh, my unarmed skill went up for just punching this tree. I'm gonna keep punching it because it has a nice little 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 aura around the noggin a skier skill go- went up um and it's just like the sound is like super satisfying um so there's that there's that level of oh i, I i'm gonna keep playing because i feel good about doing this thing so i'm gonna keep riding that serotonin trip you know very fascinating compared to all those other games i like it because there's a okay. oh go ahead sorry oh uh Okay, yes. <laughs> um, it's super interesting to see how each player um, plays the game differently. So, like, Taz, you're talking about how you get satisfied from, like, leveling up. Whereas I am, like, loving chopping down trees and collecting wood and building houses. Like, I'm loving that part. And finding new clearings, like, with views that I can create my, you know, two-story, single-family home, uh, mid-century, modern, open-concept house. Whereas you're, like, in the woods, like, you know, running around killing trolls and collecting rubies and whatever else, like, weird things that you can find. Um, it's super interesting. Henry, how do you play? What is, what is your style right now, would you say? I enjoy exploring, I think, but also I I like the the vagueness of this game. I feel like a lot of games. Let me get on my old man hat for a second. I feel like a lot of games, especially AAA games, things like that, they kind of handhold you a lot. And I like that you can just go into this world and it's just like have fun. You figure it out. And I love it's so refreshing. It reminds me of the first time I played Minecraft in like 2011. And I was like, I don't know what to do. This is great. Like, I, I have to figure all this stuff out for myself. So I play it blind. I've looked up maybe three different things total to figure out what's going on. I don't know what kind of like ores you can get past like copper. I have no clue. It's just fun to kind of find new places and new things. Like I know that there's biome, different biomes. I found a swamp biome. I haven't, I haven't like dived into that realm yet. But yeah, I've just been kind of building myself up, and I want to defeat the bosses, but at the same time, I kind of don't, and I just want to go and get in my ship and explore and find things. I mean, I found something in the ocean that was frightening, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But when you get out in the ocean, man, it's a whole new game and it's uh, it's very scary. So I, I like that idea of the great unknown uh, with mechanics and also the great unknown within the game as well. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I kind of like um, compared it to Breath of the Wild. Like that's a great um, AAA game that 
um, is kind of similar, but so much different because, yeah, there's a lot of like hand holding, but, you know, also in Breath of the Wild, you can go and do your own thing to an extent. But Valheim takes that idea and just takes it super so much further. And there's so much customization. And um, yeah, each each you can express yourself as a player so much in this game. And it's just it's beautiful. At the same time, too, though, it does kind of guide you in a direction that Minecraft never really did, which I which I enjoy because I remember playing Minecraft back in the day and like to get to the the end, you had to like collect the ender pearls and then like build a thing and you throw it up in the air and it just like disappears and you got to go like off in that direction to find the dungeon or whatever. That always felt really tacked on and weird to me. Like they didn't really have a plan of how you were going. Like there wasn't supposed to be an end to to Minecraft, I feel. Maybe maybe there was, but it always felt like kind of tacked on that okay, this game like needs to end. In Valheim there is an ending for sure. Whether you want to get there right off the bat, it's totally up to you. Very much like like Breath of the Wild. You can spend 400 hours in that game and never fight Ganon. Or you can go march right up to Hyrule Castle and try to beat the crap out of him. Whatever you wanted to do. So I, I, do, I do enjoy that, that part of Valheim. That there is a clear path to victory if you want it. It's there if you want it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sometimes in, in games like that, like there has to be a balance between... Um, like. There's a certain level of clarity you have to give people. You can't like hold their hand too much, um, but also you can't leave it too vague. And I think Valheim has a beautiful balance of of um, those two things, where it's it's such a simple concept if you think about it. Like there are there are big giant monsters that you have to defeat and hang your little trophy on this circle thing. Period. Like that's it. And within that, like, you know, there's so much you can do in between, but the whole con the whole concept is simple. And honestly, that's what that's what makes it a great game to me is it's a simple concept. And yet there's so much room for creativity within that that they allow. Right. We I mean, all three of us were playing on stream yesterday and we like you spent the whole time puppet building a house and like Taz was running around collecting stuff. And I was kind of doing a little bit of both. Uh, you know, it's, it's yeah. The expression is just off the charts in this game. And I think that's a huge reason why people Taz just dropped something huge Sorry. reason why people, <laughs> people are, uh, are really gravitating towards this game and, and playing it like nonstop. Yeah. And let's just talk about how beautiful it is too. Like there are moments where, um, I th- a couple of podcasts ago, we were talking about cozy games and what, what was important to me in a cozy game. And that's like, you know, nature sounds and the ambiance of just being outside and being able to hear the rain and, and everything. In this game, one of my favorite things to do is to sit on the beach during a storm and just watch the water. It is so calming. It is so wonderful. Like I have a little, I have a little boathouse next to the ocean that is going to be a guest house for those who want to visit my server. And I have little bunk beds and everything anyway. Um, and in front of my boathouse, I have a little like um, peninsula thing and I just sit there and I just enjoy the weather. And it's just, it's, it's beautiful. Mind you, the graphics aren't perfect, but that doesn't, 
that doesn't matter. This is why I love indie games, because it doesn't matter if things are perfect. If you are transported to a different world, if you're able to have the feeling like you're really sitting on a beach in a storm, that's a well-made game to me. That's a cozy game. Let's get into the graphics, because I think that they nailed... I I didn't even think about... I, I know that it looks beautiful, obviously, but I didn't even think about how, until you brought this up, how it it looks like a PlayStation game that's been like ran through on like the Unreal Engine. <laughs> it looks, I I think it if you uh, I'm trying to trying to formulate my thought here. If you walk up to something like say a tree or another player, everything is very low poly and like low res textures, which is really cool. But the lighting is like nuts. I I, I run this game all the way up and it just looks insane. Uh, you get the light filtering through the trees. You can change the draw distance. So it's like, you know, forever. The weather looks so good. It looks like a modern day game. But all the textures look like Tomb Raider for the PlayStation. And I think that's so cool because your character... There's really no facial features other than like beard and hair. Um, so it kind of gives you a sense of what's the word I'm trying to look for here. Like you kind of place yourself in your character because it doesn't character doesn't look like anything. It just looks like human. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. that kind of adds an extra level of immersion there. But I think they like I've never seen a game that looks like this before. And I think it's a perfect meld of like new newfangled technology, newfangled graphics with the stuff that I grew up with. So I, I just I love it. I think it's just fantastic. Taz, how do you feel about about the graphics? Um, I think it's it, 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 it's it's simple. Textures are just. You know, they're they don't have to be over the top. I mean, it is still an early access, so could some of the textures be like, you know, a little bit crispier? Sure. Like on like I'm fighting trolls and like, you know, they're so big. And the more I look at them, the more I'm like, uh, I'm not really impressed by your design or like the way you look. Um, whereas like this is the same exact textures, but like uh where you take a grayling, right? And it fits those cats really well. Because those are, you know, these look kind of annoying little monsters that can like be more of a nuisance, um, the kind of higher level they are. Um, but like for the bigger monsters so far, like a troll, it's like, uh, you're just big and blue. And, you know, I'm be surprised if like people modded this game to make you look like Shrek one day. Like that's just kind of the path we're going down. But um, other than that, and then you have like the classic skeletons that kind of bring you back to kind of like a, a moral wind or oblivion skeleton design. And yeah, totally. Games. Um, so very familiar, you know, um, and even like, I mean, so I see, I, I'm, see, I'm not much of a landscape person. I'm not even like in real life when I'm hiking, I'm just like, okay, you see one mountain, you see them all. Like, you know, I'm not impressed by this. Um, or I guess impressed is a different word. I don't get enjoyment out of this. It's the little creatures, it's the moving things, it's the moving parts that I more like kind of focus on. Um, but, uh, it's it definitely yeah i'm so i'm i'm reading this review okay on steam from felix it's one of the top reviews on steam um quote it got a crafting slash boss progression similar to terraria it has dark souls like combat and punishment for death 
as world biome generation similar to Minecraft. It got textures like a PS1 game and lighting, and it got lighting like a 2020 AAA game. And nailed it. Nailed it. But, yeah. Nailed it. You know, top top review in the past seven days on Steam for Valheim. And it just that's it. That's it. It's just as simple as that. It's it's not overly complex. And you know, I kind of want to go back to like the 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 comparison between Minecraft in terms of like progression. Okay. Yeah. Like Minecraft, it was like Henry. It was like it was like it was you knew it was part of the game, so it was like I don't know. It's kind of that. That's the goal of eventually, but it doesn't have you know you can do whatever. But like. There is no real sense of progression in Minecraft. You know, you can get excited because you're like, oh, cool. I found, you know, I, I found I found diamonds. I found some gold. I found, you know, copper or, you know, some iron ore. But like, that's it. Like, once you find that, then you're like desensitized by it later on. But with Valheim, there is so far in my like, I have not grinded out over 100 hours, so I can only say so much. But the very first progression wall you hit is mining stone, mining ore. Um, you can't do that no matter what you do. You cannot do any of that until you defeat the first boss. And I think that adds a sense of um, like, hey, you can have as much fun as you want. We're going to we're going to push you over here a little bit so you can kind of see what the new next chapter of this game is like. And I don't know if it's like that for all the bosses or what, but I think that's like very clever the way they did that. Yeah, yeah, you I completely missed that point, but yeah, you're very very right that it does kind of lock certain things away in in the game itself. I mean, that tool is like once you get it, you're like, "Oh my god. I'm <laughs> I'm unstoppable. Now I can mine all sorts of stuff and it just unlocks all sorts of new crafting and everything. It's just like a a a whole new world to quote a Disney movie. <laughs> Yeah, for me, like, uh, there, there was one point when, when I, when I wasn't super about that, that part of the game, um, because you know, once I kind of got a handle on things, I was like, okay, how do I farm? Because <laughs> I love farming, and that was the only thing I think that I googled. I was like, okay, how, how do I? Like, I got some carrot seeds. How do I plant these, and how do I start growing them? Because I love Stardew and I love farming. So let's get on it. Let's let's do it. And like the first little article that I looked at said, like, um, you're going to need to do a lot. Like there's a lot of steps in order to get to a place where you can actually start farming and having a farm. And so for a player like me who is like probably I'm OK, I admit I have never played Minecraft. I never have. I just I never have. But if I ever did play Minecraft, I probably would get very lost in that game because I just like to build and farm and I mean, not farm, but like, you know, collect things and build things and create, you know. Um, but what I like about Valheim is that, yeah, I as a person who like kind of gets comfy and stays comfy, it like gently pushes me a little bit like, hey, you do have to level up a little bit like you you do have to get to a place where you can defeat little skeletons or, you know, a, a troll or whatever is guarding the material you need in order to create this thing that will let you build this thing that will let you farm. <laughs> so I, I, I love it because it's it's a it's a challenge. And it makes me just enough uncomfortable to, like, make me a better player. 
and to experience the fullness of the game and not just get comfortable with one part of it or one aspect of it. See, I like that because to farm, that's like three hours worth of stuff that you got to do. And that's like, that's so cool. It's like, all right, if you want to build the tool that you need to farm, you got to go collect all this copper. You got to go collect all this tin. You got to do all this stuff. And it's kind of in a, in a shady area that you have to fight a lot of dudes in. And it's like, you have, you feel like you're going on an adventure to go plant a carrot later on. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you're not fighting a big boss. You're just trying to like do something new in the game. And that's just so cool to me. Like you can waste an entire Twitch stream or an entire evening of gaming just on planting a carrot, getting to that level of, of, of the game. And that doesn't, it doesn't mean anything to the main story. What are you guys' thoughts on the the combat? It's it's there and it exists. It's man, I feel like <laughs> I feel like they got to tweak the stamina bar a little bit. Maybe okay. that might be a thing that they have to do because I find myself running out of stamina more often than usual. Mm. But uh, you were talking about trolls earlier. The yep. first time I came across one of those dudes, I flipped out. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> what the hell is that thing? And I was like, can I kill this? And I like shot an arrow at it. And I was like, I think I can kill this. I'm going to try and kill this. And it was like so cool. And I was like, had this big battle with a troll, right? Or like the first boss that you have to fight, the the crazy uh, deer that shoots lightning bolts out of its antlers. Yeah. That was like, frightening to me because I'm like, yeah, oh my awful. God. Yeah, it's it's so scary. And then you're like, no, wait, I can do this. Like, I can beat these guys. I can do it. <laughs> yeah, even though you feel like you're so underleveled or you feel like you're so, like that fight is so one-sided and you're so weak. Like, you're like, yeah. no, I can do this. I right. mean, the combat is you're playing on a mouse and keyboard, so how great can it be? But I, I feel like it's fluid and it's it's serves its purpose. It's not going to, like, change the game or anything. Right. Yeah. I'll I honestly like I I mostly fight trees. So, um <laughs> which by the time I got to the first, you know, boss or whatever, I was super OP because I I just I was not I didn't have that experience of being scared. Like cuz I was like if I can survive a bunch of trees falling on me or not survive, like I'll be fine with this giant this giant um antler man thing. And uh I honestly thought the first boss was like super easy i was kind of disappointed actually i was like i thought i thought that this was going to be a lot more difficult than it was and i don't know if that's just me because i you know put a lot of hours in before i actually faced the boss um but yeah uh taz what was what was it like for you how early on did you fight the boss way too early oh no way too freaking early <laughs> i was just like i i don't know like you know I was I was not naive to think of I was I was like okay okay and again to like the you know you like to build your houses so you grind a lot of hours and that and I prefer the exploring and like okay what next thing can I fight um so I just like built my quick little shack you know bed fireplace done all right moving on to the next thing I have places you know sit down I was like okay I'm gonna fight this thing just for fun I'm just gonna do it we'll see what happens I'm not gonna die. And I don't think I had pants. I I think I, I think I was still in my rag stuff, but I was getting my cheeks clapped, dude. And I think what helped me out, and I just had a club. I just had my club and my fists. And it took me maybe a solid 
10 minutes of like trying to cheese this thing of just like not get hit. So about that part, what's interesting in an RPG fashion, right? It didn't, it doesn't follow a lot of the, I wouldn't say rules, but like a lot of what most RPGs do follow, which is, I don't know what the word for it is, but like when an attack is initiated, there is a percentage or a chance that it could hit you, whether no matter your distance from the target. Like if I'm playing a specific game, like, I don't know, like Knights of the Old Republic, for example, I have this like D&D kind of math combat style to it. Um, if I'm trying to run away, but they melee me, but I'm clearly in a physical space away from them, they can still hit me because that's just how the virtual dice were rolled. But in this game, just don't get hit and you'll be fine. You'll be all right. Just don't get smacked. Um, and I think that's kind of what I found like beneficial to that. So, yeah, I love the combat. I think it's freaking beautiful. I think it's fantastic. Oh, the funny yeah. story about pants. Huh? It's actually not much of a story. Anyway, um, when I first started it, I, I didn't have pants for the longest time. And it wasn't until Taz, you came over and were like, I was like showing you the game. I was like, look, I'm actually playing this game. I'm running around and I don't have, you know, I don't have a lot, but here I am. <laughs> and he's like, uh, where are your pants? And I said, what? What do you mean? I'm wearing like a dress thing. And he's like, no, uh, you're not wearing pants. You should put on pants. I'm like, wait, what? I did not realize that you had to have pants because I play as a female character and most females in games just don't have a lot of clothing on. And for me, I was just like, okay, well, I mean, I don't know. I look good without pants. I think I got nice legs. I'm showing them off. Like, you know, hey, little grayling, do you like my legs? And, um, but <laughs> no, once you put on, once you put on pants, like it helps, you know, it, it raises your defense and all that stuff. And as a female player, like, I really, I really appreciate that, actually. And I really appreciate how, um the female in the game looks like how a normal female looks like that i just don't see that very often you know yeah. often females are like exaggerated in in certain ways and in this game it's like no if you were a female and you were out in the wild you would be like somewhat muscular like this you'd have a little tummy maybe like you you know you you just look normal and it makes me so happy and hey you have pants too just like the guys do and it's important for you to like clothe your body it doesn't matter if you look sexy or not like you are out and you're doing your thing girl wear your pants like <laughs> anyway sure. i just had for to throw sure. that in there like i just i i totally enjoy it and yeah. i appreciate it so much the the final lady armor is just going to be like this super unrealistic sexy armor <laughs> right oh my god <laughs> unnecessary i hope that's not the case i mean it all seems pretty significant like consistent because i think you know like henry like kind of what you were saying earlier if like there was no like heavy in-depth character creation it's just uh do you want male or female you want a beard what kind you want hair what kind what color okay that's it but then even after playing the game, you know, you it, it there's no like, oh, man, like my character looks weird with this. It's like, no, 
every there's only two player like character models you know there's only two you can't change the structure of them there's barely like you know you can't have a beard on one of them but other than that like yeah and like you said it's just like yeah you're it's just put on some armor yo like everyone needs armor <laughs> yeah you're out here in the wild you know I'm trying to survive out here yo yeah, yeah. And even for those who are like, you talked earlier, Henry, I think about um, how the the character just looks like a human, right? And how more immersive that is because you can kind of see yourself. And even even for those who who might be, um, you know, uh, gender fluid, like could still get into this because it's like when you look at your character, it's not, it's just a person. It's just a human out in the in the world. Um, and you know, honestly. If if I could throw it in, it would be nice in the beginning if you didn't have to choose between male and female, if you could just have a character. <laughs> yeah, and, like a, a slider where you could slide between the two. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like in this, because the two characters look so similar, like the male and female character looks so similar, it would be such an easy, um, just such an easy element just to add, you know, to ha- have a little slider between the two, maybe. Um, even if like even if that's necessary per se um but i i I do i just i love the character design props to the team and i was just trying to look up to see um because you know there's only five people i was trying to see who the five people were um but primarily most of them that i'm seeing are all men and for me again as a female player sometimes when i see an all-male team um again i'm not sure if all of them are male i can't find all of their names quite yet um but uh and it's like a it's called Valheim and like you go and you fight monsters and it sounds very blah, blah, blah. I, I always like, Oh shoot. Like, eh, how is this going to be like, how are the females going to look and all that stuff? But character design, I think they nailed it. I think they nailed it. I I'm just, I'm happy. I'm happy and satisfied. Yeah. And that may, that may be a case of, I think we kind of buried the lead a little bit. This is an early access game. So that may be the case of just the limitations of being an early access game that they just, they were just like, I don't know, here's, here's a dude and a, and a, and a lady. Hey, this is Henry J producer. You were just hearing me talk. And, uh, apparently our recording software just decided to cut my track out for the next 30 seconds or so. So that was awesome. I was trying to transition into does Valheim have staying power? That was our next talking point. So now you will hear Taz speak on that point. I don't know what happened. We're recording this over Discord in a pandemic. Thanks for sticking with us. And now here's Taz answering the question, does Valheim have staying power? Taz, take it away. Sounds like this is their like it. It's not like an Among Us situation where it has been out for a long time. And then, oh, snap, people just discovered it. We need to cancel our sequel because we need to focus on the first game. Um, it does. They don't. I mean, with five people, I, 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 I've thought long and hard about what I said yesterday. Um, but and with their with their their change logs on the main menu, um, they're always trying to add stuff, fix things, tweak things like at least a couple times a week. Um, so I hope they uh, I hope this this stays around. I hope this is like the game that rules all games in 2020, 2021. Oh, my God. I know I was stuck in 2020 earlier in the podcast because when I saw January 2020, I'm like, oh, last month. Oh, no. Wait, <laughs> a whole year happened. Oh, wow. Yeah, we lost the whole year. Yeah, <laughs> it like didn't happen. Um, but yeah, just five people. What's most surprising to me and I think what is going to make or break this game 
is how they handle the multiple servers. I have been so surprised at in my own gameplay how I haven't I I the game has not crashed once for me. Um I know it has uh for you Taz, but even when playing it with a bunch of people, like I'm not experiencing any kind of crashes or anything like that and think about this. 4 million people who may or may not have multiple servers going on. That's a lot of data. And for such a small company, it is, I am so freaking impressed that they are handling all of this. It's amazing to me. And I think it'll make or break it, you know? Um, if if they can keep keep working at it, keep keep improving things and keep fixing bugs, and they're so on top of it. They're so on top of it. And I think the social aspect of the game honestly is going to be, you know, the um, a, a sign as to whether it's going to stay around or not. I th- I think. I think it has huge staying power because of it's really easy to meme. I mean, obviously, we're talking about like chopping down trees and being killed by the tree physics. I hope they never touch those because it's <laughs> perfect. So you, chop, you, chop, you chop down a tree and you're like scared. You're like, what the hell is going to happen here? Because it's so <laughs> ridiculous. Trees fall into other trees, and then the, there's like a domino effects and all sorts of wild, like crazy physics stuff happens. Please, Val- Valheim people, if you're listening to this, never, ever touch the tree physics, ever. They're perfect. Just leave okay. them alone. Just um, like being covered in blood while I'm chopping down trees and just being like, oh, where did all of this blood come from? <laughs> I guess I, I got it. hit. Can, can I say something about that? It's so it's so yeah. funny because like I was so in my like experience, you know, Henry, you say you, you don't want to look at a thing. I've like, you know, I've been playing. I've been watching a YouTuber Firespark81. He gets like deep down in the science and the mechanics of all of the game. So I've been watching those videos and like, oh, best way to chop down trees, you know, con. Um, you don't get any skill up, but fight a troll with a log. He'll break down a bunch of trees for you like, oh. Wow, and I tested it. Fantastic. Also, though, accidentally fighting a troll with a log in the middle of the Black Forest, the trees then become a secondary thing to worry about because he's knocking these trees. I'm like, oh, sweet. Oh, crap. Now I'm running from many things at the same time and I'm getting hit and the roll and uh, it's a whole it's a whole thing. But yes, don't change the tree physics. Right there, what you just said to me that's why this game has staying power (laughs) for real that's a whole story that has just happened just because you played this game like you can tell your friends about you know i i i employed a troll to chop down trees for me but the 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 downside is i had to run from trees as well as a troll (laughs) like the like that right there makes me want to play like i'm i'm going to get out off of this podcast and go immediately on to valheim like that's you know, like that stuff really energizes me. I hope that uh, Iron Gate just continues to refine the game. Uh, Puppet, you're talking about servers. It's interesting because I think there are no servers. I think it's just client side. So everything like like Taz, like we were playing on Taz's server yesterday, Taz's world, that's in Taz's computer. So there are no. Is that what you were getting at? Yeah. Mm-hmm, but that's brilliant. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, so that again reminds me of like old school Battle.net and trying to play StarCraft with people 
And, you know, thankfully we don't have to call each other on the phone and then hang up the phone and then connect to the internet. So we're all on at the same time. We don't have to do that anymore. But there's (laughs) like, that is very old school to me. Like that, that doesn't happen anymore. So maybe look at some dedicated servers would be really cool. And then our worlds can just kind of live in the ether, much like Minecraft worlds, I think is what it's called. And people can just pop in and build and pop out. Maybe that'll be something down the pipe. I'd love to see them just keep adding more to it. Just keep adding and adding. I think Valheim will be around for a very long time. Anything else before we uh, say goodbye and get back into our Valheim worlds? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, literally, I'm going to go play like right after this. Um, I could I could talk about Valheim for so much longer but you know it's a podcast so you all are probably like okay <laughs> let's uh let's take a break now <laughs> for sure this may be the longest podcast that we've dedicated to one game but it is I, ign gave it, gave it a 9 out of 10 and i know ign is ign but for an early access game to get 9 out of 10 is pretty phenomenal and i think yeah. that uh iron gate deserves all the success in the world i think they're killing it obviously in sales and downloads and all sorts of stuff so uh continued success to them for sure they're they've crossed over did you knock over a cereal bowl oh what no you... i was are you talking about that sound that just happened <laughs> yeah okay wait wait <laughs> oh it's from the bong yeah no, dude it's from the bong it's monday bro <laughs> Monday. No, it's I'm I'm drinking water out of a giant jar using a stainless steel straw, and I was trying to do it like really quietly, but then that happened. That's like the worst thing that you could bring to a podcast. <laughs> oh my god! I know, but I was just really thirsty, and it's what's here. So anyway, sorry. I'm leaving all of this in. Oh my god! <laughs> cool. Thank you so much. For tuning into the Game Raven Review podcast, I have been Henry J, and you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at SuperHenry64, uh, the world's worst internet handle where I stream indie games every Monday. And uh, I stream Wednesday now, too, but that's a variety stream. It's probably going to be Valheim uh, at 7 p.m. PST for both of those games, Pacific Standard Time. Taz, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at TazTDevil3 on all, pretty much all virtual platforms twitch twitter instagram all those wonderful things uh i do stream on twitch every tuesday wednesday thursday and saturday with two player tuesday indie wednesday probably valheim thursdays and uh spooky saturdays so i hope to see y'all there and puppet puppet master n that's puppet master en And you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of the things. And uh, I stream indie horror on Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And then Mondays, I have multiplayer Monday at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's a good time. And as always. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, it's all good. It's all good. And as always, find us on Twitter and Twitch at GameRavenReview and GameRavenReview.com. Join our Discord. We're doing a lot of cool stuff there. We just opened it up to the world last week. So come join the Discord. You can find the link on our Twitter as well as uh, GameRavenReview.com. Have a fantastic week. We'll see you next time.
Are you game?